0: Good evening. Please have your Bible ready from the Old Testament, Psalms chapter 46. Psalms chapter 46. A few weeks ago, I extended a unique invitation in an effort to better interact audience with pulpit. And that is to say, better connect you with what I do up here. And so I said, give me your favorite passage. Send me a text, hand me a note or email, whatever method of communication is convenient, and I will preach from that passage on a Sunday night. And so last Sunday night, I started this with Ecclesiastes 1 and verse 2. That was explored. And tonight, the 46th chapter of Psalms. Particularly, that phrase in verse 10. Be still and know that I am God. I'll talk about the rest of that verse and the context in just a moment. The key phrase of interest to the person who sent me this text, the Creator, is saying through the writer here, be still and know that I am God. You already know the first thing I'm going to do, we're going to read The 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still. And know that I am God, I will be exalted among the nations, I will be exalted in the earth, the Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. We do not know with documented specificity the historical context of this song, this Hebrew poem, the writer and the singers express in Hebrew poetic form very clearly their dependence on God and why that dependence on God is reliable. It's reliable because of who God is. So perhaps when gathered in Jerusalem in worship or in route to worship, we do not know the specific historical context. What is clear is, is the writer and or the singers knew they needed help and they knew that only God could provide what they needed. This is about reliance or dependence on God that has a solid basis. And the basis is who God is. There are sermons I deliver which may not have wide-ranging coverage. Everybody listens and learns and may review a topic they need to review, but some topics may have more direct application for some compared to other listeners. When a passage like this is presented, there is absolute certainty. Everybody needs this. I don't know anyone here are anyone anywhere who doesn't need to learn and review what is taught in the 46th Psalm. And I don't know of any Christian who doesn't need to review this over and over and learn it and hear it again before times of difficulty and within times of difficulty and thereafter. The wide-ranging impact of this is highlighted by a single phrase in verse 1. Three words, help in trouble. This connects the passage that I'm preaching tonight to the passage I preached last Sunday night from Ecclesiastes. You may remember if you were here, I was making the point that here on earth, nobody escapes trouble. There's difficulty for everybody who is earthbound. Our earthly existence is not perfect. It's not painless. It is not free of stress. Sometimes hardships occur while we're here on earth that have no discernible cause. In that vanity of earthly difficulty, even if not always admitted, the truth is we need help in time of trouble. And we are often disappointed when we rely on earth limited, human centered sources of help. You may phone a friend for help and there's no answer. You may appeal to a court or judge without relief. You may rely on someone to protect you, and the protector is unable or unwilling. You may wait for a check that never arrives. You may expect the medical community to provide relief and healing immediately. That never happens or doesn't happen in the time frame you prefer. There are challenging realities here on earth. The country is divided. Some churches are struggling marriages and families we see broken natural disasters may hit without warning or good recovery so everybody needs to hear what this passage is saying everybody needs to remember it when bad things happen the best case is learn what this passage is teaching in good times and learn to rely on God in good times and then that reliance carries over into difficult times. The key phrase that indicates the universal appeal of the 46th Psalm is help in trouble. Sometimes our bodies hurt, our budgets run short, people disappoint us, and the world doesn't have the answers no matter how many times you pull up Google and put the problem in, there's no no answers and no answers you can think of that seem to fit the questions well. Help is to be found in God by his faithful people, God who can keep us from being disoriented and in despair. Reliance on God based on who God is. Is. That's the theme in the 46th Psalm. So this begins with an affirmation of who God is. And therefore, he is worthy of our reliance. And it says, our refuge and our strength. This is written to God's people. While it is true that sinners certainly need help and God is the only one who can save them, this is written to God's people. This was written back in that dispensation by and shared with the descendants of Jacob for their comfort and their encouragement. The truth that comforts God's people in time of difficulty is that God is our refuge and strength. Look at those two words, please. Refuge can be defined as a place of safety. Sixty years ago, when there was more pedestrian traffic in the cities, for example, in my hometown in Fort Smith, Arkansas, If you were crossing a main street at a busy intersection, there would be a place in the center of that intersection called a safety zone. And you would stop there if necessary, and there would be, theoretically, inside those barriers, a relatively safe zone from the traffic. In Fort Smith, Arkansas, in downtown, there was a corner. I'm going to tell you in a moment what it was called. There was a corner that was a five-way intersection. There were five streets that intersected at this intersection. And it was called Texas Corner in Fort Smith, Arkansas. And there was a lot of pedestrian traffic, so if you were in the middle of that intersection and something was coming, or you just needed some relief or safety, you would go inside those barriers, and that would be your refuge, your safety zone. Here in the valley, there are what we call refugee centers where immigrants are kept for their safety and our safety. And these things draw from this word refuge, a place of safety. Under Israelite law, there were cities of refuge. And the idea behind all of that in this word is safety. Now, here when we talk about God in the highest possible sense, at the level of absolute divine perfection, there is no place... To live your life safer than with God. He is our refuge. Safety from enemies and storms and persecution and temptation and earthly vanity. And safety from ourselves when we become our worst enemies. There is no place to live your life safer than with God the Creator with your dependence and reliance on him. Later in the book of Psalms in chapter 91, 1 and 2, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. That's the idea. Strength. Think of power, ability to get through the storms of life, the opposite of weakness. There are times when we come face to face with our personal weakness. It may be in response to something external, but there are times when we come face to face with our personal weakness. I do. We have thoughts of our inadequacy. We remember things we need to work on in our head, and our lives. We are crushed by chaos. We're invaded by temptation and maybe just irritated to the point of distraction from good discipleship based on our own assessment of our weaknesses. We need help in trouble. We are weak. God offers to respond by giving us strength. And this promise is all over the pages of the New Testament. You remember what Paul said in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And I'm going to ask you now to turn to Ephesians 6. Because there is our part in accessing strength and power from God. Let me say that again. There's our part... In accessing strength and power from God. The Ephesian Christians were not naturally strong. Are able to be strong on their own against the wiles of the devil. I'm in Ephesians 6 beginning at verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. See, God promises to strengthen us to be our safety zone, our protection and power in storms. But our part of that is to use the equipment he provides. He doesn't just remove the problem at our command in prayer. He equips us with the armor. We need help and God is that help. We apply these promises to our minds as his people by using what he's provided. It's reliance on God based on our confidence concerning who he is our refuge our strength three takeaways as a child of God you are never alone even when there may be nobody next to you nobody in the room or house Nobody answering their phone. Nobody taking the time to listen to you. Nobody understanding. As a child of God, you are never, ever alone. God says, I am with you. In Hebrews 13, keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And very close to that in that same context of Hebrews 13. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he was close to you once, he's close to you now. If you believe in him, if you trust and obey. Worldly solutions and popular remedies may change and trend up or down frequently. Deity is stable dependable, eternal. This spills over from what we talked about last Sunday night in Ecclesiastes. Everything we do must be centered in God. That's our reliance on Him. I made this point in Ecclesiastes 1 last week. When God is at the center of your life, everything you do has greater value. It has the highest value, everything, even the mundane, the ritual, the trivial things that you do. When God is at the center of your life, everything you do has greater value, and it's the highest value. And so whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord. Colossians 3, 17. This may be the really hard part. Be still. Everything around us is in motion. And so it may be there are times when you discover up here, everything up here is in motion. Everything around us is in motion. And the temptation of that is that everything up here is going to just be in constant motion. You, you ever discover that in your mind you're just moving from one problem to another and to another, and you finally cycle around to the first problem you were thinking about? God is our refuge. But what we need to do sometimes is be still. The modern culture of digital distraction can deprive us of quiet time, for example, It can rob us of this stillness. It is so hard in our age to be free of distractions. And let your mind become a dedicated place for healthy thinking. Focus on God. Dependence on Him as your refuge and your strength. Used to be you could get away from the phone. Today, no matter where you are... There is that umbilical cord, the cell phone, the tablet, the computer. Our digital devices can certainly be applied to good purpose. But their constant presence can keep us from being still. Reverence. Dedicated thought to things personal, spiritual. Be still is a call to man... To not let God be a passing thought. Or something that you concentrate on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. But rather that we make him our refuge and our strength in our minds and a very present help in time of trouble. Then I certainly want to include verse 6 in this study. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. I understand patriotism. I love this country. I fear for this country. There is rage, instability, division. Rebellion against God is at the bottom of it. It shows up in ways we could not have imagined even a few years ago. So you come to this in Psalm 46 and it reads like an editorial that takes you to a different place. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. But there's God's voice, God's word that can reach us in quiet moments and help us navigate the noisy moments. I want you to listen again to the 46th Psalm. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, The nations rage. The kingdoms totter. He utters his voice. The earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. How he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Now what do we do with this? I think maybe it would be good over the next week to read this two or three times with the TV off and our phones off and the computers in their silent mode and then when life comes crumbling in when everything seems to be exploding when the more ordinary stresses and strains seem to combine to distract us and take our mind into that cycle of, of thoughts that do us little good Just stop and remember what you read. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Let's be standing while we sing.